Dear friends, welcome to the special episode of the Myth Pilgrim. Today on Good Friday, I want to share with you a story I co-wrote with my good friend Father Dave Tremble. Some of you may remember Dave from episode nine about the ugly duckling and the healing of shame. Well, the story of the lonely little cave is another of our creative collaborations, and one that very much echoes the movements of Easter. So today, after reading the story to you and offering just one personal reflection, I will play a segment of an interview I did with Father Dave on this story, with the hope it can help you enter deeper into the drama of Holy Week: Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. You're listening to the Myth Pilgrim, and I am Brother Lawrence of the Missionaries of God's Love. At its heart, the spiritual journey is a delightful and perilous adventure. Just like the myths and fairy tales we love, this podcast is also a journey learning from both wizards and saints, enchanted princesses and inner demons. Together, we'll discover how the great symbols of myth and fairy tale can guide us on our journey to God. In a special way, Father Dave and I want to offer this story for those who are very much suffering the effects of extended COVID isolation, or are otherwise feeling empty, have nothing to offer the world, or simply forgotten. Once upon a time, there lived a lonely little cave in a hillside. The cave was unhappy because it always felt empty. Nearby, a majestic gum tree taunted it day and night, saying, "Look at my branches; they house many pretty birds, but you, cave, are a useless hole." And so, the cave believed that it was a useless hole. The presence of a nearby river also taunted the cave. She seemed to gloat, "I am always moving and changing, and see how many fish swim in my waters, but you, cave, cannot change." Nobody wants to be with you, and so the cave believed that it couldn't change, and that nobody wanted to be with it. One evening, a beautiful dove flew to the entrance of the cave. "Oh, cave!" she cooed. "May I come and stay inside?" The cave was shocked and wondered why such a beautiful creature would want to stay inside its dark walls. Deciding it must be a cruel joke, it refused. The dove seemed unworried. May I give you some company then? The cave hesitated for a moment, feeling his deep loneliness. Yes, dove, it finally said. I think I would welcome company. And so the dove began to sing. O come, companion of the night, in darkness now we mourn. Come forth in shadow or in light, and bless us with the dawn. No sooner had she started singing, the cave felt a warmth within him, and saw that a burning bush had grown inside its walls. Strangely, though the bush was on fire, the leaves did not burn, but rather gave off a beautiful scent. Dove, what is this that you have given me? But the dove was gone, and there at the entrance stood a shepherd. He took off his sandals and cautiously came inside. Kneeling in wonder at the burning bush, the cave beamed. He had never felt such joy in his life. Oh, gum tree, look! 
I have a friend now. The gum tree peered in curiously. But just as he did, the shepherd got up and began leaving. The cave panicked and called out for the shepherd to stay, but he didn't seem to hear the cave and walked away with great purpose. When he disappeared over the horizon, the burning bush suddenly extinguished and turned into a pile of twigs, plunging the cave once again into darkness. The cave despaired. The river seemed to bubble with laughter. See here, you are still a friendless hole. And the cave was sad. Night fell. A long time passed, and the cave almost forgot about the burning bush. All it felt was a deep longing for companionship. Then, one cold winter's night, a bright star shone above the hillside, and with its arrival, the beautiful dove reappeared. How the cave shouted for joy. Will you give me a friend again, dove? The dove fluttered around the entrance and again sang her song. O come, companion of the night, in darkness now we mourn. Come forth in shadow or in light, and bless us with the dawn. No sooner had she started singing, the cave heard a beautiful sound coming from inside. It sounded like a baby crying, and the sound filled him with such great joy. He looked inside and saw a newborn baby surrounded by his smiling parents. I have a new little friend with me, shouted the cave, and to his delight, more guests came to stay that night too. Some sheep, a few shepherds and three kings. The cave was beaming. Surely my cave has become a castle for kings. But to the cave's despair, his new guests again didn't stay long and left excitedly one by one. No, please come back, come back, called the cave. Ha, the gum tree taunted. Castle fit for kings? Don't you remember what you really are? The cave felt deeply ashamed. I am nothing. And the bright star moved on shrouding the cave in the dark of night. Many lonely years passed, and the cave almost forgot about the burning bush and the baby. Then, one Friday afternoon, the earth trembled and a darkness darker than night covered the entire hillside. What's happening? the gum tree cried, whose leaves began to fall to the ground. Help me, the river seemed to shout, whose waters began to dry up. All over the hillside, Life began to disappear. The cave called out frantically for the dove because he remembered she could bring life out of nothing. And out of the darkness she came. Give us life again, cried the cave desperately. The dove cooed. Immediately, the cave felt something placed inside its walls. It looked inside and saw a man wrapped in linen cloths on the floor. The man was dead. The gum tree and the river gasped. Your dove has tricked you, cave. She has given you death. She has turned you into a tomb. But the cave didn't hear them. Instead, it was tenderly cradling the lifeless body within him and weeping with tears of gratitude. Here at last is someone who knows loneliness. Here at last is someone who knows the darkness. I will embrace this companion forever. And with that, the cave rolled a great stone across his entrance. And the earth slowly stopped trembling and became still.
a deep silence fell upon the land. The dove began circling the cave, softly singing a lullaby. You've come, companion of the night, together now we mourn. You've married shadow with the light, awake now with the dawn. As she sang, the cave slowly felt something awaken inside. It was a familiar feeling of joy that grew warmer and richer as the hours went by. It began to pulse like a heartbeat. And still the dove sang her song, and as she did, the joy continued growing. And finally, three days later, the cave realised he could not contain the joy any longer. The stone blocking the entrance was blasted open, and a dazzling light streamed out, along with a familiar, beautiful scent. But the greatest surprise came when the man, who had been dead, bound up in linen, walked out of the cave fully alive. Wherever the man walked, life was restored. The gum tree grew back, lusher filled with birds, and the river gushed with fresh waters and new fish. The risen man continued to walk on with great purpose and disappeared over the horizon. The cave looked inside itself and gasped. Its stony walls were now teeming with grasses and shrubs and flowers and insects. A water spring bubbled up from the floor where his guests had once lodged. A scented breeze gently blew in and blew out. Our lonely little cave had become a new garden, and how it rejoiced. Dove, it asked, how would you like to come and live in my new garden? The dove cooed and nestled in a small bush right in the middle. And together they gazed out into the horizon and saw that it was dawn. I hope you enjoyed the story, and I pray that the journey of the cave can become something of your own. As the host, I feel that I'd like to draw your attention to just one detail I particularly treasure in the story. As the listener, the climax of the tale is usually the resurrection moment at the end, but that wasn't necessarily the case for the cave. Rather, his most profound experience was when he realised that the man wrapped in linen cloths was just like him, alone rejected and with nothing to offer. In this moment, he realised that he had finally found a friend who stood in solidarity with his own pain. His emptiness becomes the very means of his encounter. See, we often think of the death and resurrection of Jesus as a linear progression, one thing happening after the other. But in a profound way, you can also see them as part of the same event. The cave's resurrection moment was realising that Jesus stood in solidarity with his own pain. It was in wanting to embrace this truth forever that leads to the cave's resurrection. Mm. Further, while this story doesn't deal explicitly with the topic of sin, I want to suggest that the scandal of the gospel is that Jesus stands in solidarity not just with our weakness and our frailty, but with our sin too. St. Paul tells us that he who was sinless becomes sin on our behalf, meaning that even our deepest, vilest, most shameful sin can become the means of solidarity with Jesus on the cross. In light of this, the area of your greatest sin may well become the means of your greatest resurrection. And that, dear friends, is why the good news really is thumping good news. 
Okay, and now for your added nourishment, I want to play a few sections of an interview I did with Father Dave about the origins and themes of the story. For me, it was the lead, it was the context of Holy Week and Easter. Uh, I realised that people struggle with a certain numbness when it comes to the reality of the resurrection. And in the position of a pastor in a community moving towards Easter celebrations and then also how to preach into that, it resonated one day when I was sitting with the morning account of John running with Peter uh, to the tomb after Mary Magdalene had been lingering in her grief outside and, and when she saw the angels and she raced then to get the fellows to come mm. and have a look. I realized that they all had a certain numbness. And so I thought, let's take the lead from the gospel, uh, particularly um, this, this beautiful running to the tomb on the first light in the Easter morning. Let's start from that common uh, experience that we carry numbness and and how did Jesus enter into that and then bring people into the wonder of resurrection and then I realized that he moved from a place of solidarity with with death that before he was awakened with the love and the kiss of the Father, if you like, who ran to him in death and lifted him. But he started, he entered into that mystery. He entered into the cave absolutely in solidarity with death. So then I realized that the tomb, the cave, has a, a story to tell. <laughs> And that it was a witness to that whole movement of absolute solidarity with death, the ultimate numbness, and that movement uh, to what we still long to really grasp deeply in our spirit, that, that awakening from all that numbs the human spirit. And so that uh, led to the the development of the story of the little cave. So I know, Dave, also, there's been a number of, even during the writing of the story, let alone sort of where it's at now, there was a couple of people specifically, um, we may not mention names, but um, that had a, that the story or the development of the story really touched. Did you want to share um, maybe some some of those stories yeah, with us? Yeah, so we piloted, like um, Lawrence took the I, I suppose I had a visual um, impressions of of the story and 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 was looking for an artist to actually capture that, but I didn't realize I wasn't only talking to an artist, but I was also talking to a story uh, story writer. And so Lawrence has then um, helped formulate it into story form. And so we ran that past a few people, and one of the people. Uh, is a delightful woman who had a protracted illness um, and was housebound for for years. Uh, she she kept thinking that her preparation for dying and meeting the Lord was imminent, but it was actually very difficult because it was prolonged. So she 
being a woman of deep prayer and and trying to marry her circumstances with her faith perspective, we thought she'd be just absolutely a wonderful. Um, uh, we'd really we'd really value her take on this. So um, Catherine got to read the story and and it resonated deeply with her feeling less and less able to do the things that she used to do great woman of passion and action now being confined and I suppose she identified with the the rock and the immovability of the cave um, and and the in how inhibited it was and even the mocking mm of the elements around the cave River. seemed to be the mocking of her past ability to do other things. And now it was almost saying to her how useless she was. So the self-talk. Mm-hmm. So it was powerful, she found. Um, a way of, It was cathartic for her to have, a, have something reflect back to her, the, the validity of her grieving and also... Uh, to then awaken again to the kiss of new possibilities through the resurrection. So thank you. She she loved it. I and as as the writing of the story developed, um, she actually wrote. I don't know. She wrote for herself initially. Uh, it's a prayer actually called the prayer of the little cave, uh-huh. and of which I've got a copy on my wall. It's it's a reminder for me of because in many ways I felt as though this story was not something of my origin. I mean, in many ways, it was sort of a, that sense that you had, Dave. But it always reminded me that the Holy Spirit's, the creative Holy Spirit's really works in his own ways and through his own means and touches people I didn't even expect, right? So this prayer that she's now um, wrote for herself during her, her last years or last weeks even has become a prayer for me as a, well, yes, as a, as a writer, as an illustrator, but also just as a man of faith um, to be dosed up to the Holy Spirit. And I still see it as a work in progress because the Spirit seems to be at work, you know, <laughs> in a way that I, I just don't... It does, it's just different from the way I normally experience him. So. The cave always experienced itself as cold and lonely. Empty even. And empty. Just like those who had to live secluded, very overprotected lives because of immunity or whatever sickness they suffered before COVID... Um, but what shifted the cave's focus was when it realised that another was in its midst and and sharing in that same condition. All of a sudden, it's isolation. So the, the weird thing is all of us in COVID had to kind of become more isolated, but those who had lived isolation felt in solidarity with us. And so the cave then experienced that another was sharing its situation so loneliness become actually the means towards to means towards intimacy and so it actually learnt and I loved how and I loved how you developed that in the writing of it almost that whole thing of the cave kind of embracing the body of mm. the dead body of Jesus mm. so the one that was isolated and um unfulfilled and and the, the cave then became something that was bringing compassion and embrace around the body of Christ so it discovered its ability to 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 offer itself and to to minister comfort when it was so desperately needed to comfort itself so I love I love that and 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 that the cave was the first as it were to having offered itself to surround 
Jesus's body, it was then um, a sharing in not only having suffered, but it's a little bit like St. Paul talks about that we who share in the sufferings of Christ also share in, in the glory of his resurrection. So this is what I kind of imagine for the cave as well. So there we have it, friends, and thank you for sharing this journey with Dave and I on the Lonely Little Cave. If you found this episode nourishing in some way, do consider sharing it with your family and friends. And as mentioned earlier, Father Dave and I have also recorded an episode on the ugly duckling and the healing of shame. So you can check that out too and many other episodes of The Myth Pilgrim. For more info on these, head to the website at themythpilgrim.com or jump on the Myth Pilgrim Facebook page. So till next time, dear friends, have a happy and holy Easter. Journey forth, take care and God bless.